0: You're listening to Future Theater Radio with Bill and Nancy Burns, right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio.
1: Hi everybody! We are your co host Bill. That's me and Nancy.
2: Hello everybody,
1: Burns, and we're your
2: co-hosts on Future
1: Theater Live, broadcasting from Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Solbury Village, in Solbury, Pennsylvania. And yes. we are on. We're PSN on our own Radio microphones and. Uh, Dark Matter Digital Network. Dark Matter Digital Network. That's yes. right. And, and our s- guest tonight. Well first of all our producer is Angela Espino and also Amy is our producer and Danny is here and everybody is here um talking and our guest tonight is a <laughs> uh, very here. famous Dr. Jack Chris is here I'm here I'm and here and Dr. Yep. Jack Sarfati is here uh, actually a, a very famous theoretical <laughs> and physicist. he's going to
2: have all of us <laughs> and, and and the beautiful thing a is voices, Jack. and
1: a lot of voices yeah, well, I uh, had my guest on UFO Hunters of course.
2: Well, he can take it. He's Mr. Social Media. He he is really somebody we should have had on again soon. We had him on oh, had Jack in the first the show, couple sure. of years we started. And I looked at I looked at my uh, guest go to the guest list on Future Theater and you will see that Jack hasn't been on for 5 years. It's been 5 years. This is 2016. So oh, wow. we, it's been a long time and he is super able to handle uh, he's, he even asked before we started, is it going to be video? Because he's that far ahead of us. Wow. So he's, you had a different fat it. producer back then when you had him on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Actually, yes. 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 And and everything has changed. I mean, um, everything has changed and nothing has changed except um, that threw me off, Angel. <laughs> that whole image threw me off. So you weren't get expecting it up, that. Whatever. I was not. So how are you doing this week, Angel?
0: Uh, another miserable week. Can't wait for March.
2: But feel. you have a brand new job again. Yeah, but you're starting yes.
0: Friday, right? On the first. Correct. Yes. Yep.
2: Okay. Now I wanna I wanted to just kind of make it official. Amy Collins has has agreed to help us. She is She's going to the be production
1: the production team. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for being yeah. here and for joining the production team.
2: Hello. Unmute. Amy's here. Is she here in the group?
3: So,
1: here she is her, a hero, Nancy.
3: but she's, a, she's she's away.
2: Muted. She's, she's muted. here in
0: spirit, Nancy. She's, she's here yes. as close, you know.
2: And uh she was very sure. thrilled. She was very thrilled to have uh Jack Sarfati as her very first, you know, uh task, if you will, as producer. And very working nice. with guests. And By the so way, yeah, I she's... wanted to
0: inform uh, everybody that uh, he just let it be known, but uh Lou and um Alfred are both in the house. No uh-huh. good, Lou and Alfred are here, huh? Alfred just announced, I'm in the house. I'm in the house, yo.
2: I'm in In the house. house." In the house. Well, you know, um, we're we're regathering the tribes. We've had some shakeups. You know, the kind of getting thrown off Dark Matter live was a bit of a shakeup. And, you know, it kind of shook us back to our core group. But I think our core group is growing. Uh, And always, always you can go to the archives and catch up. And I just hope we make some new friends. And speaking of which, uh, Bill's co-writer... John Liebert is going to be on tonight on right. Midnight in the Desert. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, uh, Midnight in the Desert. Which is
2: last that. night when you hear this, if you're listening tomorrow. Right, if
1: you're listening on Dark Matter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: this mm-hmm. is actually Monday that we're broadcasting this. So you will have heard John Liebert, but if you're um, listening to this live, then um, stay tuned to Midnight in the Desert or, or, or tune in Midnight in the Desert with Heather Wade because her guest... Is my writing partner, Doctor John Liebert, mm-hmm. who is a psychiatrist. He was a military psychiatrist, forensic psychiatrist, and um, is uh, talking about the whole epidemic of mass murder uh, that we've been seeing, and 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 even today, there was a, a person who was took out his gun in the Capitol and caused a Capitol lockdown. So uh, we we are looking at some kind of epidemic of mass shooting, suicidal mass murder, copicide, uh, suicide by cop. And it is um, a question of not to mention suicidal terrorism. So it's a question of why. Why now is this different? Uh, in
2: kind and in degree from the way it was before, and well, I think you'll find that the 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 tone of the conversation when Jack comes on is going to be quite comforting um, because he's he's the a kind of a guy who's making a bridge between the crazy woo woo people who say, ah, oh, you know, I'm seeing stuff, and the scientists. That crystal who storm. Crystal no, no, no. Well, not that kind she's, of woo woo. Okay. No, that's woo woo. That's yeah, real stuff. Sure. Yeah, I'm talking about the people who are. You basically they fill the conferences. If you go to a new age conference, I always used to go for the clothes. I like to look at the jewelry and the clothes and stuff, and and just kind of dream of being a uh, Stevie Nicks, you know, like dressing like Stevie Nicks and floating all around. And it's too tedious and cumbersome, you know. It's just you know too much stuff to deal with. So anyway, but that's new age and. Jack makes the bridge between that kind of people with their heads in the clouds and the people with their heads in the algae or the agar-agar, and they don't see the forest for the trees. And so because he's talking about how the quanta, you know, the the tiniest you know, measurable thing so far, um, they can almost see it now happening in our nerves. There are little nanotubes within our nerves that they can measure the electrical on and off of, I guess.
1: Well, for example, at uh, Brigham Women's Hospital Hospital in Massachusetts, it's part of Mass General, I think, the part of the experiments are going to the um, smallest level of electrical activity in the human neurological system, and that would be the flow of electrons. And those on-off switches getting down to that level of stimulation are very close to uh, a, a digital neural network and so we are at a level now it's like the incredible shrinking person, the incredible shrinking man. We were at at that level of understanding what kind of stimulus. I mean when you realize yeah. now um, what, what scientists have done which is so exciting is they have actually found the… The, the biological, the genetic component, the genes that actually are responsible for um, schizophrenic disorders.
2: Uh, and when I what, say that, yeah, where do you
1: get that from? Um, it is a gene, it is the C4 gene, there's the C4A and C4B. And basically, what they have found out is that it is a loss of synaptic endings. That is one of the features of schizophrenia. Right, and but how do
2: they see? The, the genes, yeah.
1: that, the, the proteins that are responsible for that are almost like the garbage collectors of the neural system. What, what they do is they twine around the um, endings of the synapses and they ostensibly are supposed to remove toxic material so they're removing dead cells they're removing toxins they're basically cleaning up the environment they're the house cleaners but in schizophrenic disorders these proteins actually attack healthy cells and slow down the ability of the brain to um communicate that was
2: a flicker of our our electricity flicker of power yeah, if if, uh, if we suddenly go off the air, I should mention this. Yeah. We're, we're having a severe wind situation here, and it's supposed to continue until midnight. And there goes the power. Hello. Eek. Okay, Uh-oh. so, <laughs> yeah. Did you lose us? No.
0: No, no, you're still good. Okay, so no, the, we, uh, mean, the light's yeah, no, brown. Don't jinx it. Wants Don't jinx it. Uh, uh, the power wants to go out. So um, Listen, if right it
2: now. goes out, um, I cannot guarantee when we can come back. It will take... Even Unless if it,
1: I turn the generator on. But that even
2: then, we can't do it. Oh, even then, we can't do it. Because, because we, do we it. don't have the internet right. with just the generator. So,
0: Well, I think me and Chris will uh, take care of the rest of the show for you. Okay, good.
2: Well, yeah. can you guys All do right. that? Hey, could you do that? Sure. Yes. Shut kind of
0: yeah, we oh, have no choice.
2: How i I never even thought of it. And then Amy has the list of questions. Amy's got the questions, and yeah. Amy could Amy join can the make... show, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, super, super. So we—that yeah. that is a very comforting feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I never yeah. even thought about that because I keep thinking I'm the that we're the core of the show, but we're actually not, which is really pretty cool. Well, you are you the know?
0: core of the show, but I mean, yeah, we're just we're just a pretty face.
2: No, but it's like Skywatchers. I think Skywatchers is getting its own personality. Angel stepped away from the mic for yeah. a couple of weeks, weeks, and the the inmates just took over. Yeah, I, I mean. I love listening or being on that show. I'm producing. And no I'm not even
0: on the air anymore. I just
2: say Oh, it's thing. really fun. I mean, you know, because you've got really great personalities uh, with Crystal and with um, the other guy. And then there's always yep. Chris. We always forget mm-hmm. Chris.
0: Right. Which, yeah. it's funny because we still call him the other guy, but now he's really kind of the main guy.
2: I know. I know. So, but I know. I, still,
0: I don't feel right calling him the main guy. That kind of feels weird, so.
2: Well, and that your Chris, header is Chris, you better step it up a little bit, Chris. Yeah. Uh, I, I, can, I
0: do. I will step it up. You better I better step it up a little bit. So he can be the more. main guy, and he can still be the other guy. Uh, well, Chris,
2: um, you had some You had a topic. Um, see, oh. Chris is very organized, and and uh, he may not say much, but when he says something, it always is something you might want to write down uh, because you'll refer to it. So, Chris, however, has a topic, and he already told me ahead of time. I do,
3: and I, and I thought maybe Bill probably was thinking about it too, and this was to go to Robert De Niro.
1: Okay, uh, wait. This is Becca. a total.
2: This is a total ambush because I didn't prepare Bill well, at all. I
1: will. No, 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 no. I I read the story. Okay. Um. I am an avid reader of um, Nikki Fink and Sharon Waxman on Deadline Hollywood. So yeah. So I, I know the story. It's basically this: that the Tribeca Film Festival had a film about a, a documentary from a group that believes that. Childhood vaccinations, infant vaccinations can cause autism. And there are some very famous people like Jenny McCarthy, for example, who believe that that is the truth. And there is a movement of that oh, child. I
3: love Jenny McCarthy. <laughs>
1: well, there is that movement that believes that. Um,
2: See, it's always something very
1: important. Childhood, uh, childhood. Vaccinations. Also, I
2: have a joke to start the show with Serfati. I actually have a joke. Just letting you know ahead of okay,
1: time. OK, well, that well That's good. Mm-hmm. um so so uh that's what they believe and so Robert de Niro has a child with autism, and so he was screening that film at, at the Tribeca Film festival, and then what he said was that they saw the film and they realized or now these are his words, not mine, that they realized that the film was so they were concerned that the film really didn't, on the one hand, have the authoritative evidence, the background, the scientific background that it needed, that was on the one hand. And on the other hand, despite years of this debate, there has not been one scintilla of actual medical evidence that childhood vaccinations result in autism. I have my own theories about autism, but that's... That's not the of uh, the subject here. It is that subject is that what,
2: yeah, but uh, one uh, De Niro bit
1: of a- did was he pulled that film from the Tribeca Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of criticism
2: about that saying that he was, what is your opinion in general about the vaccines? You well, think?
1: I, I'll get to that. But I mean, uh, uh, the criticism of De Niro was that, um he is inhibiting free speech impeding free speech by not allowing that the message of that film and so that is one of the contentions that um are circulating about the tribeca film festival the autism film and bobby de niro's decision about what to do with about not screening that film pulling it at the last minute after
2: saying he uh he would screen it but but um just to uh, the anecdotal evidence from parents is very heart wrenching that you know your child, and when you when your child has to go in for this armful of you know automatic weapons, I'm that guy, earthen- so I'm
3: just that's why it hits home with me because I'm that guy. Um, my daughter and son went to go get their vaccines and they got them at the same time because my wife was a little bit apprehensive on it, and so she held off on my boy. Mm-hmm. And, and then when my daughter you know came and then she had to get hers, and I and so it was with Colton. And so we kind of, uh, uh, it a little bit anyway. And a uh, from her first marriage. So anyway, so, you know, but I thought, well, okay, with my daughter, we'll get it. So we went, we got their shots and within, oh, I would say, you know, two and a half hours, my, uh, my daughter came down with a horrible uh, temperature and you know to a degrees and had a seizure and and, and which scared my wife and me being first time parents and not blah blah we called nine one one and and then Colton developed a rash and so my Wait, wife now,
2: how, how old was your daughter when this was happening
3: uh, she was just an infant she probably wasn't even older than my boy I have right now my the little one at, at two years old mm-hmm. and Colton uh, Colton's probably only like like like. Like, so she had a reaction to the shot,
1: yeah. and she uh, developed mm-hmm. a. Uh, so she was spiking a fever and went into convulsions, probably because of the fever.
3: Yeah, yeah. So what, so, what ha- so, what so what happened?
2: Say? So what happened?
3: Well, so well, we just you know we just took her to emergency, and of course that she got better or whatever. But but it was a scary thing for us, and so we have on the. It's a very period.
2: severe set of reactions. Yeah, it um, is. And any parent, I think with the internet now, um, back in the day, we didn't have the internet when we were parents, and I'm your parents' age, so I'm speaking for all of the parents of all the younger people listening, like everybody I'm talking to, Amy, Angel, Chris, even Danny, you're all the same age, and we're your parents' age, and... If the only information we would ever get would be the kind of doctor we'd be given. Say, I'm on a, I'm on a military base. I have to listen to that doctor. And the only other information you get is people talking amongst themselves and little pamphlets. There's no internet. You go to the library and where do you start? And you're a parent. You don't have time for that. So parents now can research like a son of a gun, like a ninja. Right. You can really start to learn the truth. And when sure, you that's line right. up. Yeah, when you line up the amount of uh, shots you got as a baby versus the amount they're asking you to give your baby, you, you begin to say, say, wait a second, just wait a second. There's got to be some way to straighten this out, to separate out what's critical and what's creepy. Well, one of the
1: things that Ben Carson was talking about was because he was asked at one of the Republican debates as a pediatric neurosurgeon. Specifically, that is his job. He's not a politician. He's not a, a president. He's, he's, he's a neurosurgeon. He's a medical doctor. And he was asked specifically, have you ever seen any medical evidence mm-hmm. that vaccinations result, can result
2: yeah, but he's the in last autism? Person. And he
1: said no. He's and the he,
2: last person. No offense, if you're high enough to run for a political office, you're in the pockets of big pharmacy. You may be in the pocket, but he's I mean, that's still an important a, pocket.
3: He's still a doctor.
2: No, no, and no, no, no. There's, no.
3: there's been no, 32 no. doctors that have that that have been killed that have been for anti-vaccinations. So you well, know, where, my, where my, do you, where do you, okay, where do you get that? That's what my wife says. Oh, she where told me yesterday Was see was, that's uh, the problem that's with whole. the internet. Okay, yeah.
1: Danny, no, but that's, that's the, the good thing with the, the internet.
2: internet. No, It no. is that news and rumor yeah. yeah, yeah get but to wait. be the, at the same level. But wait, then there's a show like this where we talk about it so on point that you can go back to the Internet. So Chris's wife can give me a link. I can look at it. I can bring it up to everybody. For example, Jack Sarfati, our guest, tonight today, I don't do research until it gets very close to time because it's freshest and because – um, That's just what I do. So today I immersed myself in Sarfati, okay, Jack Sarfati. And you ask yourself, since I remember he's been on the web as long as I've been, which is since 1994. Yeah, this is which is back. when the web this first is, had yeah, a had a visual plus browser. Okay, the yeah. first people on the on Netscape. We were, he was on there, I believe, already at that point. Well, and I keep thinking to myself, why is this man not a household name? Why doesn't everybody know everything about him? And so I think. I think he could actually even answer that based on his studies, Um, because basically we're going to be talking about the World Wide Web or the net, the neural net that this web has thrown over our planet, similar to the noosphere, if you will, because we can communicate with each other so quickly. And so I can look at Amy's source and I can go directly and I can say, look, I have a you know I have a doctor friend. In other words, you can vet stuff now with within your own group and with people you trust and you can bring it up to, I mean, you're not going to be on Belgab unless you're a weird kind of person, but you can bring it up to a place like Belgab and say, what do you think?
1: Right, but the issue, you know, but the uh, and there are people who will be hard and fast on the order of vaccinations can result in autism and people on the other hand saying, are you crazy? There is not one iota of medical evidence relating the two hard biological medical evidence it is simply absent and so that's one of the and so that's one of the issues the the overriding issue in the like five minutes we have left before our break. The yeah, but overriding- we didn't talk
2: about the big thing I wanted to talk about. So we're going to have to lead the show after the joke with Colin Bennett, which is how I got back in touch with Jack Sarfati. We have a mutual friend in Colin Bennett, so we have to start with that. If well, that's we'll okay. start with that. The, it's a I wonderful. Mean, you can bring
1: topic. it in when we come back. Okay. Um, when you introduce Jack, you can uh, you can in- introduce that. But but the whole thing is that the the United States has probably one of the best healthcare systems in the world what the united states doesn't have is one of the best preventive healthcare systems in the world and one of the reasons for it and, and this is where this is where it hurts one of the reasons for it is that the, the very notion of preventive of public health of public preventive health that notion Runs smack up against the Constitution of the United States. Smack up against the Fourth Amendment. How? Because if somebody has – here's the classic example. This nurse comes back from West Africa, and she has been exposed to – Chris Christie. And Chris Christie slams her into some kind of confinement, a quarantine confinement – at Newark Airport in some kind of a hangar with the best food in Newark, New Jersey. And she says, but I don't have Ebola. You've tested my blood. I do not have the virus. I'm leaving. And Christie says, Governor Christie says, no, you can't because public health and the spread of Ebola virus is more important to prevent than this kind of um, house arrest that we've put you in and she was when she went back to Maine governor LePage had her tailed by the state police to make sure she didn't come in human contact with anybody so the uh, so the point is where do you draw the line between the the dire steps you must take to contain possible contagion as opposed to the individual liberties, well, you could you could start by, by the
2: wearing the masks they used to wear in the in uh, China. Right. No, 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 in the medieval times, the masks that look like uh, with the really long beaks coming out. and You see them often in Venice, uh, Venice, Italy festivals where they bared the long masks with the right, beak. Right, You know, and the reason for that is they would fill that beak with all kinds of herbs and it was meant to, you would breathe in and out. It was like a out. filter. It, it was, was like a big filter. long filter, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, and um, that's what I've learned from re- learning medieval alchemy and stuff like that. And, and so we're going to wrap all that around also into the talk with um, Jack tonight because I think Jack can kind of go anywhere, but we want to stick with what he brings to the table, which is so uh, fabulous. uh,
1: First of all, it is Jack was friends with Colin Bennett. You, of course, uh, you and I. Yeah, but Jack was also
2: friends with uh, is friends with um, all the top people in the physics field, basically, and and the legends. And so, I don't want to go into that so much. I want to kind of go into his idea, I guess. Of um, I don't know. Never mind. Never mind. I had another – never mind. Put that aside. <laughs> Forget that. I shouldn't watch the screen. Well, I'll, I lost it.
1: No, and so I'll, I'm excited about talking about obviously things like the um, gravitational wave that yes. swept okay. across yes. the planet from yes. 1.3 billion light years away.
2: Yeah, That was one of the things That was one, that of, was the one of the yeah. things. Yeah. And,
1: and proving Einstein's general theory of relativity because he predicted just such a well, wave. See,
2: I did a lot of study today and I have now, I will open up my I will now open up my Firefox my my browser window that will have all the little tabs in it that will tell you my path. And I ended up down in this weird place. Okay. Uh, I, in in the last few minutes, on Future Theatre, on the permanent page that uh, will be Jack Sarfati's third appearance, uh, you will see at the bottom this amazing image, and you'll press on it. It's, he's reading, a, I think he's reading, or he has a British guy reading, um, a little kind of, sure, well, y- you go to Future Theatre, and you read what Jack said, and then enjoy yourself, and listen to a really fun thing, that if Philippe Morrow hears this, or sees this, he'll well, want to make a I've movie got, out of I've it. I've
1: got to answer Philippe Moore. Okay, email, so I'm I'll... just
2: saying. So, uh, but anyway, it involves it involves a character named um, uh, Wolfgang von Zimmer, and you would think that would be all over the internet. And it's a very interesting thing he's done, Wolfgang von Zimmer. It's a it's a great name. And yeah, okay, if you guys like Robert Anton Wilson. Um, this piece is sort one of... one of
1: Jack's friends? Oh, was he? Yeah.
2: Okay, see, that's the thing. And I might have insulted him or, because he might say, don't compare me to Robert Anton Wilson, but maybe he, if he likes him, he would say that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Anyway, digging a deep hole here.
1: Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. so uh, I can <laughs> dig you out by saying it's the <laughs> bottom of the hour, and we are going to take our break and come back with Dr. Jack Sarfati and uh, start by talking about Colin Bennett and their relationship, and what Colin Bennett brought to the world of, and why in a year's time of experiential fortianship.
2: Yes, experiential fortianship. I didn't mean to step on your last words, but in a year's time, everybody will be able to read all of Colin Bennett's books, and you, we will all be as smart as Jack Sarfati is when when we meet again in a year's time, or at least well read. Um, I'm just showing you.
1: So we are your co-hosts, Bill. That's me and Nancy Burns, and uh, on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network, broadcasting on Future Theater. We will be back after these very important messages from I don't know who, but nevertheless important messages with our guest Jack Sarfati. So, no flipping. And we are back on Future Theater Live on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network with our esteemed guest, Dr. Jack Sarfati, one of the. He's a um, Bohemian, not a hippie. A, a Bohemian, not a hippie. Although <laughs> <Not> a hippie. <laughs> mentioned in the book, mentioned in the book, and I've got my own questions about that book. Yeah position in that book but but let's start with what nancy wanted to ask
2: well first i have a joke okay i i rarely i'm going to start becoming more entertaining so i decided to start collecting <laughs> jokes and this one came upon me today. you mean you're like
5: <laughs> hillary clinton like it
2: to be like oh hillary? yeah probably <laughs> okay.
0: no but actually funny
2: people See, that's the weird part. People are comparing. If you look at Bill and me, I look like Hillary, and Bill looks like Bernie. It's very yeah, weird. Yeah,
5: actually, Bill does look like Bernie. That's a, I know. Bill's, Bill is better looking,
2: though. I no, look but Bill is getting like all the residual Sanders. love, Jack. Whenever yeah. Bill's in the market or the airport, people are just loving on him because he reminds them of Bernie. And he, and you would know there's probably a name for something like that. It's like transposed love. I mean, yeah, like maybe that. Maybe they think he's Larry David. Well, that too, but he's very uh, short. The
5: visceral problem short. with Bernie
1: Sanders.
0: Wait,
5: I want to do anyone, the show. For
1: anyone, for <laughs> ever came out of the tribe is this: Bernie Sanders is your crazy uncle in the bedroom. Oh, absolutely! Up, barely dressed,
4: screaming <laughs> at
1: the ceiling about these invisible things going on in the world. Right. That's right. That's good and, and your job and your job sitting in a Brooklyn kitchen is to drag <laughs> out the hammer and sickle to make your Uncle Bernie happy.
5: Oh,
2: yeah. That's what
5: Bernie stands. <laughs> I'm sorry. I agree. I agree. I agree.
2: Tell your joke. I, okay. That's a that's a yeah. tough one. Yeah, okay. I can follow up. It's such a good joke. Can I cannot fail. I oh, cannot man. fail. You guys are gonna love this joke. How do women defy the laws of physics? How? The heavier they are, the easier to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> the heavier they are, the easier to pick up. It's, yes, it's that's struggling. great. I, oh, it's, yeah, it's you know what? true. I get it. In my old, yeah, I,
5: it. It took me a little while, but now I got it.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's see, one of those long. It's it's like a guide. That's very good. Yes, oh, I got oh, it. it was oh, very good. Uh, I don't have a good delivery <clears throat> for jokes. No, no, I don't. No. But I'm going to work it's on timing. it. It's timing. I'm going to start with it. the joke wasn't timing. bad. Wasn't bad. Yeah, it's yeah. good.
5: It's oh. easy to remember too. I don't remember jokes very well, but I can. Yeah, but I'll you know what else? One. You
2: know what else? The vernacular is leaving our our little world because pickup. It didn't register to Angel immediately yes. what that meant. I think. Yeah, oh, no, you know I,
5: I, that's I, I, I right because the so. new generation. I don't know if they even do that anymore. No, they don't. They Every might do something they, else. They don't do that.
2: Yeah, they they yeah. hook yeah. up. They, they, hook, they up. hook
5: up on on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. I forget. Really, I want to meet
0: some girls on Twitter. I still haven't.
2: You know, um, just <laughs> yeah. a real quick, just a real quick question. I I uh, listened to and thoroughly enjoyed your weird uh, thing that I've linked. Let me get it on Future dot com. You know the thing you did. It's kind of like a little short story, and it came to you all in after drinking some psychedelic infused tea. I'm gonna find.
5: Oh, it oh! You mean Hitler's last weapon? Yes,
2: yes. yes. Yeah, the radio okay. show. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So. So here's the thing I linked it up on uh, on your page and I yes. urge people to you know drink their psychedelics tea or whatever it would help when now listening. remember this
5: is this is nineteen seventy eight I weird. know, but it's
2: ago. very. <coughs> but I, but I, to, it, I It's very worthwhile, and I recommend it to everybody yes. because it makes a lot of sense, amazingly enough. But I wanted to ask you at the end. You mentioned it sort of has that uh, Philip K. Dick kind of thing in which the yes. writer kind of shows up sometimes, like uh, yes. wh- what's it? Wh- what's this thing? Uh, what's the fat guy? The somebody fat, in um, a Minnesota fats.
5: Is it? No, 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 no. So it's a yeah. The guy in the Valis. <laughs> I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah somebody, yeah. Somebody, like will in yeah. Chat. somebody will put
2: it in the chat. Somebody put it in chat. But anyway, it's that kind of. You enter at the end, and I just wanted to ask you: Were you doing the crazy thing the guy in the end was doing with a girlfriend, of uh, buying a a white, uh, I guess a convertible vehicle, a white fun vehicle? No,
5: oh, no, that's supposed to though. No, that's supposed to be Werner Erhard. That's Werner oh. Erhard. Oh. See, people have a whole, Yeah. Yeah. i Alfred, h- Alfred
3: Hitchcock. Is that what you're thinking? Pardon me? Alfred Hitchcock? Is that what you're thinking of the answer?
1: No, no, no. It's Werner Earhart.
3: I know exactly oh, who well, you're right.
5: Right. Yeah, but you see, a lot of people today, Werner is still alive, but apparently he's half dead. He's living in
2: London, and, you know, he's not the man he was. So. No, but he's become respected at this point because his teachings yeah. are now being taught under other names. Yeah, under uh, other names, yeah. Our kids some of our kids are actually have gone to, um, yes, 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 whatever that is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you see with what we're dealing. (laughs) What's so fascinating Mm -hmm. is,
1: is how Werner Earhart became corporatized. I mean, from all the way out on the fringe back in the late 1960s into it's almost IBM absorbed Everything. You know, and then and then so like the well-rounded, fully communicative, um, a sprezzatura, um, a driven executive yeah. comes out of that whole experience from As. Yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah. You know, Warner, actually, uh, there's a bit of a little comparison with 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 Trump, actually, because uh-huh. uh, uh, now that I think about it. But
2: oh, a, a guy driven to at least seem successful. Well, you know?
5: yeah, no, Warner was very successful, and he could have, yeah, you know, he could have uh, gone very far. He could have been like Trump is today. He could have been, but mm-hmm. he. Uh, I don't well. I don't want to say in public, but there were certain flaws that he had. Yeah, I was just which, gonna. Uh,
2: it's obvious. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. the power the power over people oh, is. Right. A, but he was also. But power. you consider the
1: CIA involvement in that whole yeah. movement. That's oh, what's yeah. also he, fascinating.
2: Yeah. Well,
5: not only CIA but the KGB. You know, it's interesting that when when he was on the lam, when he left the country, he went to Russia.
2: Right. Why yeah. was he on the lam? Uh,
5: because okay, and he actually got a bed. I actually defend Werner, I think on this. Um, you know, his daughter accused him of this, and she was. Uh, then she recanted. I, 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 you know, I knew him pretty well, and I don't think he ever molested his daughter. I don't think that. I think that's. You know, that's still kind of like saying Ted Cruz. You know, had five mm-hmm. affairs. I don't think he did that. But uh, the IRS was after him, and the Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard people, they were after him for. How, stealing, why were they you know,
4: after? Because stealing? they
5: consider yeah they they consider Warner stole their you know some of their. Content, intellectual content. Wow. Uh, you know, we're gonna picked up a lot of Such things. That you know? <laughs> Such yeah.
2: that it is. Such it is. Yeah,
5: and they're, and they're very they're very vindictive. The Scientologists. I know. So
2: I know, uh, but, yeah,
5: but but the thing is this: I I know a lot of I know a very high level place guy. He's dead now in the CIA at the time, and a lot of CIA people took the training, and a lot of people in government. Now are you all talking all
2: about Gordon Novell?
5: No, no, I'm not talking about Gordon Neville. No, no, I'm talking about much. I mean, Gordon event was like an independent contractor for the CIA. Right. You know, he was right. like, you know, he was like the, with the, the plumbers for Nixon, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a chief of station, you know, I'm talking about a very famous guy, you know, who really, you know, did stuff in Russia and Germany during the Cold War, and he ran the the, uh, the safe houses, CIA safe houses in San Francisco in the '60s, or the LSD, MK Ultra, that that kind of thing. I, and, and and
2: and when during the '60s, when all that was going on, what where was your position in society? Oh, me, mm-hmm. me back then,
5: I was well. Let's I, you know, I was, I mean, uh, yeah, I graduated Cornell in 1960 in physics. You know, my professors were the guys who built the the bomb at Los Alamos. Mm-hmm. And I uh, mean, Manhattan Project, and then I was a graduate student, and I also worked in the uh, defense industry. Um, and uh, I kind of volunteered for the CIA in 1963, right after the Kennedy assassination. And, and is um, it
2: is it true that they always came at you sort of like a Harvard group, or is it Yale perhaps, Harvard or Yale perhaps, one or the other?
5: Yeah, well, I uh, well, you know, I mean, the CIA at that time. You know, very Ivy League, and of course, I you know, I went to an Ivy League school, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, that was a recruiting ground. In fact, if you see this, I mean, I was never in the CIA officially, you know, and uh, but so they were think. always in the. Well, so but, well, I was I I was definitely a useful idiot for the CIA. <laughs> you know, well, that yeah, we're yeah we're wow. useless, not quite, I was somewhere between a useless idiot and a useful idiot because that later came out in the seventies when the when the this the CIA guy. Made direct contact with me, you know, uh, back in the 80s. And um, I was told a lot of information. But I guess it was because uh, when I was working in Newport Beach, California for um, uh, Ford Filco Aero Neutronics, you know, big defense contractor Mm -hmm. in Newport Beach, I was like 23 years old. And uh, yeah, I was a patriotic kid. And Kennedy got assassinated, and like a, a few days later, I went up to Westwood to the sea You know, I you know I was interviewed by a, this, right. You know, all these tape recordings and this guy, and and you know, it was like a two or three hour like a debriefing interview. And they said, well, we'll get in touch, and I never heard from them again. You know,
1: officially. Aww. Aww. <laughs> how, how did you know? It's
2: curious. It's <laughs> their loss, really. How did no, this, well,
5: no, but no, but I mean, then there. Were, I I've been involved in all kinds of stuff in Europe but in the did Cold you rack War. Your, Have
2: you racked your brain over the? Over over your lifetime, wondering what it was that didn't click you in with the CIA, it's, it well, would I, make me curious.
5: Well, they probably thought it was the crazy physicist. I mean, it was pretty, you know, crazy. No, but the thing is, they they, they did, you know. I mean, through cutout organizations, I have
2: right, done right. stuff
5: for the. You know what I mean? I mean, right, you know, right, the, right. the whole thing with Uri Geller and Andrea Paharich and right. you know, right. remote viewing. I mean, you so, were right you know, it's,
1: in the midst of that. Right, you were uh, right, right in, in the
5: midst thick of, of, of that. it. That. Right right know, before, it,
2: yeah. Well, before before we leave that moment, can right there with Puharich and particularly him, was there a thing called the Nine of Yes, Port, yes, yes, of course, yes. Yeah, and sure. they met, and they met in a barn, and they were sort of some mostly wealthy, but they met in a wealthy person's barn. Oh yeah, they, yeah,
5: yeah, yes. You, you, you for this, you want to get some real details. Contact Soul Paul Sirag. Oh, ah. uh, uh, who was. Uh, um, yeah, you know, who's the guy? You know, the guy. Got him. My memory is going. Have you seen your moments here? The, you know, the guy who was, was Saul Paul's patron, the Institute for the Study of Consciousness in Berkeley. Who, he's dead now. The, he invented the uh, Sikorsky helicopter, and he was he was like the head of that thing. He was, yeah, you know, one of these. Um, I should uh, I
2: don't
5: know the name. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you know, he was. A, his wife was a Forbes. Was the heiress of the Forbes Steel Company. Okay. Uh, uh, damn, I can't think of it. Arthur Young. Arthur Young, okay. yes, Arthur Young ran that group back in the I think it was in the fifties, even late fifties. With and uh, when Hubbard was part of it. Okay, right. so so yeah, let
2: me read. Yeah. I'm just so it's Arthur yeah. Young. So that's Arthur yeah. Young. yeah, And, uh, and the, were right. Yeah. Did the group have a, a stated purpose? Did they know they were a coven or whatever they were?
5: Well, they were you know they're high, but they're all you know spooks. They're all from. OS, they're all you know part of the intelligence. And, yeah, but they did know, weird. The power I, of hate.
2: I, I think I'm getting this all from uh, Paul Lavenda, perhaps. But th- but they supposedly did weird things to kind of like just like uh, Crowley, Alistair Crowley, Crowley, Holy, whatever. You mean, you you mean you say like it.
5: Bo- you mean like Bohemian Grove, right? <laughs> yes, you know, making Club. ritual.
2: So, mitra- yeah, exactly. Well, they do
5: that. It's all yeah, it's the same. It's the same as Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones at Yale. You know, is that these are they go way back to and uh, now? Oh, well, thinking about that, what about Justice Scalia? Yes, oh, you know, that
1: it, is scary. Uh, yeah
2: well, but
5: I mean, but that order—that's the same thing. It's uh, I know, know it's, that. It,
2: and and then know, when in physics, you've got Jack Parsons. It's the
5: Illuminati. It's the Illuminati,
2: right? And and you've got Jack Parsons as as a kind of a yes. linchpin in all of this, anyway. But oh yeah, well you know I'm
5: connected. I'm connected. You know I I was a, f- a friend of Frank Molina. Uh, who uh, was Jack Parson's partner. Okay. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I knew Frank Molina. I met Frank Molina in Paris in 1973. and I'm still friends with his son. Wait, wait, um, wait.
2: Uh, Just one quick hope. Have you ever heard of an artist named Paul Laffoli?
5: Vaguely. No, I don't really. Okay,
2: speaking of in Paris, okay, I'll let that go. But I will put you in touch for fun. Okay.
5: Yeah, the name, yeah, okay, yeah, but let's, okay, so, yeah, let's, uh, maybe we should, we're going all over the place here, is it something you really wanted to ask me about though?
1: Well, it was really Colin Bennett, and I mean, it was, what was your relationship with Colin Bennett, and what kind of thoughts you had about, I mean, Colin Bennett, at least to me, first. I mean, he was obviously a very literate uh, person, but he actually brought the whole Fordianship of, experience into like the edge of the mainstream i mean how did you but it was a
2: very highfalutin edge i'm telling you i edited his stuff for ufo magazine he became my favorite writer Mm -hmm. um and i just i was so thrilled every time he'd submit something and he died Yes, uh, a few years ago, and yes. his widow, Philomena. Um, yes, well, I know very
5: a- well. I know we we know. I know them very well. I know. Phil- okay.
2: I'll be seeing
5: Philomena in a couple of weeks. Actually. Okay. Well, oh, you're going over to, to London. Yeah, in about three weeks. I, oh. I go every year.
2: Okay, well, um, that's kind of how I got back in contact with you because yes. she had copied you on. Yes. When I saw that she had copied you, oh, I this yes. my God. Yeah. Number one, you'll be happy to write uh, little intros for for sure. any book we do. I bet you will. Yeah, because we anyway. So it's it's a, a wonderful job I'm having right now between dividing it into fiction topics articles don't know what yet how how to bring this to the you course. know what i should
5: send it, yeah. you, did you i should send you the thing that colin wrote about me it's it's a good oh, chapter
2: please that would do. be great oh, yeah okay cool.
5: remind me uh, what, what's the title yeah. do you remember uh man on a pendulum uh, okay. man on a pendulum it's, it's pretty good oh, um oh, okay oh, cool. <laughs> yeah well no it's a relay yeah it's a little allusion to that of course right so right. how
1: did you cro- uh, so how did you first meet colin bennett
5: how the hell did I meet him? I guess through the internet. Must have been through the internet, and then um, I don't remember. It was like at least ten, twelve, thirteen years ago, and then I met him many times in London. He and his mm-hmm. wife, and spent a lot of time with him in London.
2: Well, how did you? How did that happen? How did you meet him in real life? I mean, after the internet.
5: Well, I guess you know because my my um, my my lady friend. I think, Bill, you met her. You met Tina. Yes, 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 yeah. uh, yes. Yeah, you know, she's uh, she's British and she mm-hmm. has family in, in England. So we go to, yeah, you know, we go there um, uh, at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. We spend a couple of months in, in England because you know she has uh, family there, and her cousin has a, a, a very nice apartment right across the road from the Kensington Palace, which is really nice. And then I'm uh-huh. a of this. I'm a member of the Savile Club. Uh, in Mayfair, which is uh, if you've seen Daunton Abbey, the Lotus Club scene is yes. shot in my club. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, the Julian Fellows is a uh, you know is, is and is and how did you
2: get there. to be a member of an exclusive British club? Well, I've
5: I went to. The, <laughs> uh,
2: I have a friend,
5: a very good friend, who's uh, who's uh, high up in the social thing there, and he got me uh, into the club. You know, well, plus you know, plus remember, you're.
2: you're your name goes way, way back. so if you 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 actually are a member of more exclusive clubs than that, if you yeah, believe yeah. in the Sangre Real, right? Oh,
5: and all that stuff yeah. And also, I have, my cousin uh, Martin Dunn uh, has done a whole genealogy of uh, allegedly, who knows if it's true or not, but uh, right. I think the connections are just sort of incredible. You know, and, and was, supposedly- was
2: yeah, well, when was your relative, don't you have a famous relative? Yeah, who,
1: Margarita Sarfati. Yes, and she
2: yes. was. What was her role in the Second World oh, War?
5: Fascinating no, story. Yeah, Well, more than that. I mean, she she actually. Uh, okay, she's not a close relative. She is a cousin of my paternal grandfather, but I've met um, her granddaughter. I've been to the Margarita's apartment in Rome a couple of times, and you know they. You know, I mean, you could see genetically. You know, I mean. Her grand her granddaughter looked, could be my sister. I and mean, there's such a, a close mm. genetic link, you know, and um, but she uh, she came from a um, uh, wealthy family in Venice. In fact, uh, the garden of Finzi Continus, that book uh, is uh, mm. partly based on her, and she. Uh, this is like the turn of the century. She went, Oh, as a teenager, she did, She went out with Einstein when Einstein was living in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was a, a close friend of uh, Marconi, Giuseppe Marconi, the event of uh, radio. Uh, um, and she came from this very wealthy Jewish family in uh, Venice. And um, her father, uh, uh, his best friend or very close friend, was the Cardinal of Venice, who became Pope Pius X. And uh, and uh, her father, uh, uh, he was called the Pope's Jew. He ran the the Vatican Treasury, I guess the bank, you know, the Vatican Bank. Back this is like nineteen oh five. Bank of You're right. Yeah, yeah. But around uh, as a young woman, she met uh, she met Mussolini when Mussolini, Mussolini was like nineteen. She was like 22, twenty two, twenty three. And uh, and uh, she basically created uh, Benito Mussolini. And uh, what people don't understand is that he was not at all anti-Semitic. In fact, Mussolini came into power largely because of, Ita- of Italian Jewish money. Uh, I mean, a lot of, well, when, a lot you, of when you say created, Jews-
2: do you mean with money or with ideas?
5: Both. She was very brilliant. She was, you know, she created Novotento movement. She knew, you know, Marionetti, the, all the Italian futurists. And, you know, she, she had a salon. She, you know, she was very brilliant and uh, very beautiful. In fact, if you see uh, the movie The Cradle Will Rock, Susan Sarandon plays her she she was his right head and you know she she stayed with, with William Randolph Hearst the, the Hearst castle um, she was uh, apparently a mistress of Nelson Rockefeller you know when she in the 30s I mean she had quite a life and um, and she um, uh, basically she, I mean Mussolini was basically a street thug a hoodlum you know, he wasn't even educated she ba- basically educated him and groomed him and uh, was um, uh, you know, they were in the Socialist Party together. They created uh, her. Money created Avanti, uh, the the Socialist newspaper. You know, she knew Lenin and all these people. And it's, it's quite quite an interesting story. I mean, they should do really a movie of her. And there is a, a they book. They should do called, a
1: book. There is a well, book There about is
5: a her book. Now? Oh, oh, there's a, a major book. Uh, you know, a thousand page. You know, serious two historians uh, called Il Duce's Other Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be a good movie. The story is very interesting, actually, and. Um, you know, Mussolini was the uh, a darling. He was like uh, Bernie Sanders. I mean, he was the darling of the American left in the 20s. This is, you know, there was no Hitler yet. I mean, Hitler really right. kind of, yeah, Hitler imitated Mussolini, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the in Well, fact, well
2: the, uh, the piece I listened to this afternoon talks a lot about history as cyclic, cyclic.
5: Oh, cyclic. yeah. <laughs> yes, and,
2: yes. and do you do you think, I, I I'm happy to have the author because I want to know, you know, like, is it? Do you think it is? That, you
5: know. Well, in cert- at certain levels, at certain levels of abstraction, yeah, I think it is, sure.
1: Well, that was the whole Greek theory of history. Yes, yeah, yeah, history obviously. It's a cycle. I mean, you know, you read Her- yeah. uh, Herodotus, and the whole reason he's writing those histories is, he says, because it's going to happen again.
5: Yeah, well, it's happening now. I mean, like right now, America is kind of like Weimar Germany. Okay. Right. Yeah. my so middle class is being. Yes. You know, That's and mine. and uh, now uh, I actually kind of support Donald Trump, and he is a little bit. I, you could say he's a little bit like Mussolini, you know. But he's not. He's not. He's not a Nazi. He's not a fascist. He's certainly not an anti-Semitic. He's just so had how, a Jewish so grandson. So I know
1: his daughter's so,
2: Jewish.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so how,
5: so how, how like anti-Semitic
2: can you be? How yeah. how is he like Mussolini? Well, in that he has
5: the charisma. I mean, if you look, just look at him, he does, even his gestures, he has the jaw and, you know, his hypnotic power. I mean, he's a little, I mean, you know, Hitler had that too, but Hitler was diabolical. Yeah, I but, think, it, uh, but
2: he only seems to have it, and I guess this is all that matters. He only seems to have it for guys, okay? Women are almost sickened by him, literally. I mean, you know, he the, he's the douche that you would, you, you went out on <laughs> you know, one date with dude, and would never go dude. out again. Yeah, well, L- I don't L- know. I mean, he's El Duche.
5: El Yeah, well, you know, he does have, I mean, let's put it this way. Um, how can I put it? I mean, he's of the generation. We're all part of the generation. He's a guy, you know, it's a kind of locker room humor, but he's he doesn't censor himself in the heat of debate, and whatever's on his mind, he'll speak it. Now, a lot of guys, a lot of, you know, people uh uh, will men will think what he's saying, but they won't say it. You understand what well, you know? I mean, he has—he he came from an era when most men were sexist. Was it sixty-eight? Yeah, but we—but we really we he's need. 69.
2: Yeah, he's uh he, we're all the same generation, and sadly. He went to right, New right.
1: York so, so, and he grew up yeah. a spoiled kid in Queens.
2: Yeah, uh, he's just a rich
5: kid, and you know,
1: and, and kid in uh, Queens. Went to New York Military Academy, which was right. a place that straightened out. Kids who needed to be straightened out. Right, that's what that place was.
5: Right, right, exactly. And um, and he's very successful. He has a big ego, as Mussolini has. As but all the pie, I mean, Obama has a big ego too. But Obama is very cool. Obama, uh, you know, Obama, I'm sure, might think certain things. He would never say it because he has more control his you know his utterances. And uh, uh, I'd say that uh, uh, Trump is, you know, he's he is not, he doesn't control his speech enough, but on the other hand, he says what a lot of guys are thinking, especially older white, you know, men who feel dispossessed, who have been hurt by NAFTA, and so he has that base of support, but I do think Trump is, basically, he's not a mean guy, you know, he's he's done a lot of nice things for, like, uh, people, you know, behind the scenes that, that and uh, so I don't think he's. I mean, I'm more afraid of Bernie Sanders than I am of Donald Trump. So am I. So am I. I mean, yeah. I
1: say why? I met Donald Trump. I met Donald Trump yeah.
5: when he was
1: he was helping us out, my writing partner and I, with um, our book about Mickey Rooney, The Life and Times of Mickey Rooney. Yeah. And Donald Trump was very good friends with Mickey Rooney. Right. Took him to golf courses. Was introducing him to financiers, to uh, to money men. And actually, Trump turned out to be a very funny person. Yes, and very, he's very and, smart. But, but very meticulous. Yes, That's because he wanted to make sure that the stories he was telling about Mickey Rooney were reported accurately in the book. In fact, if he's obsessive, it is to make sure that what he says is repeated accurately. Yes. And he was extremely forthcoming about his time. He actually told some very funny – I mean, Mickey Rooney was a really toxic guy. And so, um, uh, as he got older, my parents knew him when he was younger. Yes. But he was, um, but he was an avid golfer, and Trump would take him golfing and introduce yes. Trump's really wealthy friends. And then Trump yes. financed him in the play Will Rogers Gaieties because Marla yes. Maples was in that musical.
5: Yeah. Trump is Trump has a generous spirit and he's a powerful guy he's a very enthusiastic and uh you know he put, sometimes puts his foot in his mouth verbally especially with with women and uh and about the immigration and, but a lot of his statements have been taken out of context as well you know like the thing with the immigration with the muslims i mean uh, he's saying what a lot of us think you know i mean it's That's like it's, stu- it's stupid to let these you know let these uh muslims well, they we don't know who they, they are
1: what he's basically saying is, "Look, beware the Trojan horse." Is exactly, exactly. The
5: that's yes, what he's saying. A, I mean, how many times do you have to hear that? Yeah, and how many times? And how many more Brussels? You know, it's just look what happened in Brussels, I and mean, it's going to happen here. Of
2: course. Yeah, but no matter what a person says, and no matter that he's saying what you you all are thinking, at the core of picking somebody, you try to pick somebody whose personality or morality kind of makes some sense to you
5: yeah you know i think in terms i i think his morality is actually okay uh i don't see that he's uh i mean i don't see a, any real objection to him in terms of morality i think he's been so uh, you know politically incorrect and he said certain things that would certainly well, get a lot of women the, mad um,
2: He's uh, you guys all know friends of yours who will never give up the ghost they don't have to they were in the madman era they were Don right. types right yeah, got right. Don
5: but that's yeah. what he is. That's good, yeah. good compared to Don And also, he was quite good-looking. He's still not that looking But yeah, he's a good-looking guy. But he got plenty of women. He was like Don Draper with a, you know, a lot of money. With a lot, lot of good. money.
1: Exactly. Yes. No, but the thing about Trump, which, get which, yeah, me, he said one it's thing. not the size of the Which was a real CEO statement. And that, to me, really – and this is what he said in public. Right. And he said it off the cuff, which is how he makes a lot of remarks. But the thing he said in public, which really struck me as – a real CEO statement, he said, I've given money to politicians on the uh, among the Democrats and the Republicans. Yes. I've just yes. given money out. That's what I've done. I've just given money away. Right. He said, and you give money away to these people, and they tell you they're going to do something. Then they don't do it. I'm not right. saying I agree with this, but I'm saying that's yeah. what he said. Yes. And he said, they tell you they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and they make these promises. Then they don't do them and I'm sick and tired of hearing promises from people. So you know what? I'm so sick and tired, I'm going to do it myself. And that's right. why I'm running.
5: Yeah. And I, th- and, and I, I think uh, Trump is the only one who can actually save the country. I think we're going to go really you – know, I'm afraid we're going to uh, disintegrate in the next couple of years if Trump doesn't get in. Yeah, and
2: I think I mean, that, you know, I, I, as, as a female, I think that Hillary Clinton, uh, who was Secretary of State, knows lots of world leaders and is really, really smart. I don't understand why everybody says that she lies because everything that's supposedly a lie is something that men wouldn't even be asked about, like the fact that she's using a blueberry to access her server in Black the closet. Oh yeah.
5: yeah, well, I agree with you on that, but the thing is, the big thing about Hillary, which uh, I think she failed as Secretary of State, a foreign, you know, the whole Arab Spring thing, she was part of uh, Syria, what we're seeing with the immigrants in Europe today uh, really uh, happened on Hillary's watch, and she had a lot of influence with Obama. I mean, yeah, okay, Obama made the decision, but I mean, she supported the, like, going into Libya, killing a Qaddafi. She made fun of that, and that was a disaster. Yeah, I but mean, according- well,
1: here's the thing with Libya. Okay, let me just, I just want to yeah. first of all, um, she's addressed this, but uh, uh, the thing with Libya was this. At the point where the United States intervened, and remember, we only intervened at first in providing um, logistic and yes. intel support and surveillance yeah. support for the Europeans. Um, right. It was Gaddafi was about to launch one of these absolutely madman Saddam Hussein type yeah. Yeah. genocidal attacks on cities in eastern libya tripoli is over in the west and he was going to launch it over on eastern libya and it was going to be literally i mean it was mass murder It was murder on an incredible scale and the europeans were pushing obama and then the arab league was pushing obama so one of the things that hillary explained was when we had all the pressure from the arab league and we had all the pressure from our european partners and all they wanted was intelligence support, surveillance support, whatever support we give because we have really the best um, overall logistics support for air power, let them do the bombing. And then after that the United came, uh, uh, States came in. But I think that is, I mean, at least where Bernie was right is when Bernie said, look, these kinds of activities have unintended consequences. And the unintended consequences right. were that The very group that we were supposedly supporting in Libya never formed enough of a power core to actually administer the government. So as a result, Libya collapsed. And I think that was one problem. I think the thing with the Arab Spring, I think... We were kind of the tail being wagged by the dog in the Arab Spring. That really maybe so. Maybe so,
5: but but it doesn't say that much for uh, Hillary's ability to steer events. You know what I mean? Well, what she did
1: do, what she did do, was that she actually worked with this guy Morsi, who's Muslim Brotherhood, to get a ceasefire over between Gaza. Uh, that ended the Operation Protective Edge back in two thousand. And um, yeah, all
5: right, well, yeah. You, know, well, but I mean, you?
1: So I'm I'm saying that there are a lot of critiques of her, but the Libya and the Middle East thing, I think there was nobody doing anything, and she tried just maybe to so, she maybe so, maybe
5: so. Look, she's probably going to be president anyway, right? I don't think you know. I mean, the the Republicans are tearing themselves apart.
2: Well, I would yeah. be super thrilled uh, to see a female finally break that particular glass ceiling. Mm. Just, just like when uh, Obama came in, I mean, a lot of people just simply said, "I'm going to go vote for that guy because it changes history." And I'm, yes. And it, and it's looking more and more like it's not going to happen for Hillary, to be honest. Yeah. That's um, what I, I think wh- I have wh- to wh- say,
5: wh- what do you mean? You think Trump is going to win? No.
2: Here's no, I what
5: think
1: I think Bernie's is going to happen. He's going to win go the Bernie's nomination, and win. I think that. Somebody like Ted Cruz is going to win the
2: presidency. No, but no, 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 no. Here's here's the here's where I'm going with this. It's the bird thing. Um, you, you know the power, and we'll in the next half hour we are going to get into consciousness and all that stuff because yeah. Jack is is we can't let you not talk about well, yeah, that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But 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 you know the image of Bernie and the dove of peace, or the you know the you the robin of peace, and then the it, it's 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 mashed with the video of Trump getting pecked by the eagle. And that's a powerful thing going around. It's something simply touch. It was a meme, of it's course, but it, it's something that touched lots and lots of people in a special way. You cannot. I'm telling you, the, poor, the oh, my goodness. Every other candidacy is thinking, why did this have to happen to him? You know, why couldn't the bird have, you know, upon his head?
1: Okay, so uh, let me start with that oh,
5: question.
1: Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just that's
5: the way. I finally got what, what you were saying. I wasn't following what you saying, but I think I got. I think I understand what you're saying. Bird of you paradise. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm,
2: th- I'm thinking of wag the dog, and I had an image yes. of um, Democratic or Bernie um, um, uh, um, guys up in the rafters of this place, releasing bird after bird after bird. It's like how many do we have to throw down before a bird will finally interrupt the proceedings and look like a like wag the dog. Well, you what know, gets the, me
1: what's so funny is I would have run like a thief of a bird. I know. Bird it would have been the end of
2: your whole
1: candidacy. <laughs> <laughs> would have screamed, bird, 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 and ran for the exit and said, get rid of this Yeah, And, um, you know, well, I, I, I mean,
5: I'll tell you what I'm mainly worried about is North Korea right now. North Korea too, giving.
1: And you should be worried about them because yeah. it looks like, and you would be the one to know this, they've actually managed to. um put together a miniaturized nuclear warhead which means they can launch yeah. it
5: yeah and also or they can uh, you know they can give their weapons to some crazy uh, isis type you know, arab terrorists and even set off dirty bombs dirty bombs would destroy our cities i mean for hundreds of years if if you saw this movie about the dirty bomb in london that the bbc made about 10 yes. years ago yes. i mean yes. yeah uh, you know, and, and their suicide—you know—they have a whole army of suicide bombers, and the whole thing is very scary. And we're not doing—I mean, uh, we have to preempt on, on North Korea. We have yeah, to we preempt. really do.
1: I mean, one of the scary things is that um, about ten years ago, maybe more, Bill Scott, Mike Kamadas and I wrote this novel called. Oh right, Space Wars. right, that's right, Space Wars, yeah. Space Wars, and so the premise of that was um, that North Korea sets off—they uh, the, uh, torch off a missile. Um, in near yeah. orbit, and it yeah. really not, and we are blind. And of course, yes. that would be the. Uh, there was a play about a blind woman. Um, in the movie, Audrey Hepburn played it. yes. Wait until dark. Wait until and dark. That yeah. Exactly. Be the North Korean strategy. They sure. knock us out, and we are so surveillance reliant, and we're as blind as they are. Then what yeah. happens?
5: Well, it's not good, but I'm afraid you know it could happen before November. I mean, you know, we have a, a weak president in the office right now. I mean, I think this is very dangerous.
2: Yeah, but see, you're saying weak and Trump is saying he's weak, and it just seems to me that he's been one of the strongest presidents we've ever had because we've been very safe. We've 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 pulled out of a yeah. recession and He's a black guy having to stand up to so much hatred that that yeah. isn't well, weak. Well,
5: okay, well you have a point, but um, the thing is, is I, I, you know, I really think we have to preempt a, a strike, a military strike on North Korea.
1: And how and do you preempt a see- strike without involving China?
5: Well, of course, we'll have to involve China, of course. We'll have to get Chinese agreement. But I have a feeling the Chinese are kind of fed up with this guy in North Korea as well. So, in fact, maybe the Chinese will even do it.
1: Well, that's what I'm hoping, is that he he basically disappears. I mean, you know, like you say to China, the North Korean people can actually eat a bowl of rice now if you take out Kim Jong-un.
5: Yeah. And, uh, by the way, did you see the movie Eye in the Sky, the new one with Helen Mirren? Not yet. No, I'm looking for. Yeah, close. it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty good because with this technology now. You know, you could even send in these little drones that look like birds. Or even insects, beetles, flying beetles, and with a little small explosive charge, the thing goes right next to the target, blows up, and then blows Um, his head off.
0: (laughs) Well,
1: remember Frank Herbert's Dune? That was their preferred method of assassination in in, Dune. Remember? Yeah, and and, flying needles would come in?
2: And one of the best science fiction ever, just to throw in really fast, is Neal Stephenson's The Victorian Age and Nano. I have to read that. Oh, my goodness, it's one of the best books, you know, up until this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but
5: so, the thing okay. is, Obama, you know, Obama I mean, Obama's not going to launch a military strike to get rid of North uh, Absolutely not. That know, will North never Korea. Happen. But Absolutely Trump never would. Happen. Trump would. Trump would do it. See, right. That's the difference. And, then,
1: and then the other thing that Trump said, and, and again, I've spoken to the guy. So, I mean, uh, yeah. the other thing that Trump said, and he said it in order to deal, which I did read, yeah. Um, After the Bible, to say the best and, book. So, and so, yeah. And so, one of the things <clears throat> yeah, he, yeah, he did say about it, and this was during one of the many ups and downs of the whole real estate boom, all the way back in the 80s, in the early 80s. Yeah. One of the things he said about it was that if you have a loan from the bank, a mortgage, the bank really owns you. But right. if you have. If you're over leveraged by a bank, you own the bank because the bank may not have the assets to cover the loan that they've given to you. So, and that was what happened in the housing crisis. So, so, and that's the case with China. People are saying, well, China owns so much of our debt. They own so much of our money. But really, you know, if we defaulted on that debt, China would face an economic collapse. Of course, so would the rest of the world, but at least in terms of China, that's what they would face. And that's one of the things that Trump says, that's our negotiating card.
5: That's right. That's leverage to have China get rid of, uh, what's his name in North Korea? (laughs) Call their bluff, call their bluff and
1: say, you either fix the currency or we're not paying you. Same with Mexico. The thing is this, here's the thing.
5: I think I, I sort of see Trump as a potentially benevolent kind of Dictator Mussolini type guy. He gets in there, the guy in the white horse, and he does stuff like this that nobody else would dare to do, because he's independent. He doesn't. He. Uh, he. You know. He's calling his own shots. He's not dependent on, on anybody's money. He has his own money, and uh, you know, I, I see him doing these bold moves. Otherwise, yeah, I but, think we but
2: but here's another disconnect. Everybody yeah. has said that ever since Citizens United, the very richest have had their they've made puppets out of all the uh, candidates, and so yeah. it's like, oh, we have to get rid of the you know we have to cut cut the strings and, but, Trump is one of those guys. Why would you go directly to the to the to the very core of what you say? Because, you to cut, because cut away from him. yeah uh, because he's because Trump yeah but is he's going to have. A rich Nobody's going to have a, a rich person's uh, perspective on how to fix yeah. things, like Soros would, or no, no, or, he's not like Soros. Okay, I think
5: I mean Trump has, you know, he's he has a lot of liberal a- attitudes too. So when they say he's not a real conservative, there is some truth to that. He's not. He's not. And the thing, remember, he said nobody's going to starve. He's not going to let homeless people starve in the streets. They're going to have medical care. Right. Okay?
1: He's a CEO. He,
5: That's his attitude. Yeah. Yeah, and he basically is good he basically has a good heart. Whereas Bernie Sanders, I've known a lot of Bernie Sanders people. I grew up with a lot of you know my friends. So do I. Mean, the, the, I mean it's you know, the same thing. Yeah, red red diaper babies. That's and they crazy. say these things, but they have hearts of stone. They, they I mean they're they're, they're very I mean, have <laughs> known a lot of people. When I like hear
1: this. Bernie Sanders, when I hear Bernie Sanders, here's what he says to me. Okay? Yeah. He says I'm going to raise your taxes. I'm going to double yeah. – you know, we're in our 70s, so, I mean, we don't need um, – I'm going to raise your taxes yeah. so that Donald Trump's grandchildren can go to Penn State, Michigan State, and Rutgers for free. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. So I'm yeah, paying of for those grandchildren to go to a, a, a public university for nothing. That's one and two. I'm raising my, getting my taxes raised so other people can get a, 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 can get Medicare, which I already have. So why should I do that?
5: Yeah, and you know what? Did you you know about Bernie's history? I mean, he was basically a hippie bum until he was forty, until he met his current wife, who yeah, Jane, you know, right? created him, right? I mean, you know, he, was a, he was he was he was an ear do well. He was totally unsuccessful.
1: You know, I, oh a doctor, a know a doctor. doctor, I know a million Bernie Sanders. Exactly, I could never he's vote like when you know that DNA, you yes. know, and you've Darwin
5: with that DNA.
1: Exactly, they were yeah, yeah, right president. I'm sorry.
5: Yeah. So I mean, so if it's between Trump and Bernie, I'd rather have Trump. I mean, well, uh, Trump is going to beat Bernie. I mean, it's, it's.
1: I mean, he will drag. As I said, he's going to drag out a hammer and sickle and start screaming Trotsky, yeah. Trotsky, Trotsky. And by the time you look <laughs> around, true. it's it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be pathetic. Uh, and that's yeah, the but, thing. But you know, um, here's the other thing. Uh, the thing that worries the one well, thing that Trump said that did break. worry me, we're and I wanted to give you. Okay. It's time for
2: Right, we're coming. Yeah, we're we're coming right. upon it. I think
1: in fifteen minutes. Okay. W- one of the things that he said was unpredictability. is to good. Get away from now, That scares me because you don't want to be unpredictable when an unpredictable move, like it's one thing to be unpredictable and start World War One. You know, the this yeah. black swan event, in Sarajevo. Yeah. Yes, yes. Quite another thing to be unpredictable when somebody else has a nuke. Just like okay, you
5: do. but I, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because because Trump and Putin will get along, and Putin has the nukes. I mean, he has a lot of nukes. Okay, whereas uh, Hillary and all and and, and even Kasich and uh, Cruz and Hillary, they're very uh, anti-Putin. They're very anti-Russia. Uh, I mean, Putin's though no, not a nice guy, but he's what, a Putin's a devil. But 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 you know he's a Christian devil he's a, he's our devil you know what I mean I'd rather work with Putin than work with
1: a lot of other people. So you, so you don't Soviet think George Bush liked him?
2: So you yeah. don't think he can be outsmarted? You can think you think he can only be finessed. In you other words, about, I, think, yeah, Hillary, I think Hillary could outsmart him. I think I Trump could finesse yeah. him. I don't think he. No, I, I
5: I think Putin would eat up. Uh, I, I I think Putin uh, yeah would chew up Hillary. I don't think she could. Yeah. Well, would start a war. I mean, yeah. Oh, I, I, Hillary's I think, got
1: one. Hillary's got one thing that, that nobody else has. I mean, hill has got Bill. Bill. Yeah. Okay. Bill. <laughs> okay. Really? okay yeah. That's what. Uh, uh, that's what she's got. Well, how are we not, well, No, because I want to
5: get. It's yeah. hard not to like Bill Clinton, even though he's a rogue. <laughs> I, mean, I you know. love Bill Clinton. I'm
1: sorry. Well, if you oh, like oh, Trump, you have an to like Clinton when it comes when to I heard that. that. deposition... Yeah. About Monica Lewinsky, I said, I yeah. wish I was that smart. Yeah. <laughs> really? No, I mean, but the only thing, I mean, listen guys, I wish I was that smart as he was.
5: Yeah. You know? But what what I have against Bill is that he create he got NAFTA going, and NAFTA was a disaster.
1: Well, what I have against Bill is the downing of TWA Flight 800.
2: But well, he also he created else. the prison system that we live under now. That was imprisoned. something,
1: I, okay, here's yeah. my theory of that, now that you brought that up. Same thing with DOMA. The what Hillary said when she was talking to Rachel Maddow made perfect sense. If you've got a group of people who feel they can get a constitutional amendment passed that prohibits gay marriage, that's serious because it I mean a constitutional amendment. Look at the last time we had something like that passed, like uh, the National Prohibition Act. I mean, it's crazy. And so, yes, you have a law that basically says the 14th Amendment doesn't apply to gay people because you know that at some point in time the Supreme Court's going to throw that law out. But once it's in the Constitution, it ain't get thrown out. That's the problem. But I want right. to get back to physics. Here's, okay. Okay, so here's my well,
2: we're, we're okay. losing listeners as we speak. Okay, I have, we so have a chat, my, a live chat. Okay. I
1: still have my questions. question. Yeah. I still th- – this is the one question, Jack, I've been I, – I wanted to right. ask – when we were sitting there at UFO hunters, and I never got the chance. Yes. ask This, yeah. okay. The hippies who saved physics, saved physics from what?
5: From uh <laughs> that's good. From uh, from a bunch of dull, dull, dull guys who were not asking important questions. I mean, they were doing technology. You know. I mean. Uh, yeah, but but they were not asking the, the fundamental questions like what is consciousness what is uh, the nature of the universe uh, and uh, they why, were, should a, you know,
2: why should why should a physicist ask that question
5: well if I mean that's I mean if you look at Einstein and Newton, all these guys they were into these fundamental issues even uh, Niels bohr and Isaac what's the nature of reality why are we here I mean it the, the foundations of physics have, have always been um, very closely connected with philosophical issues you know the perennial philosophy questions of existence i mean that's 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 what drives every uh, you know all the top physicists is to try to understand the universe
2: right know. but that begs the question why w- w- was physics really going getting that dull up to that point was it going yeah. down the wrong yeah.
5: well uh, well the theoretical physics was experimental physics wasn't and you know there's <clears throat> you know <laughs> excuse me, you know, the technology, I mean, the computer chips and stuff like that, nanotechnology. I mean, I think that still would have happened. But, uh, uh, but okay, what we have now is the quantum information revolution. We don't have quantum computers yet, but we're going to have them. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it's leading to, and this is sort of what I'm working on, is not only are we going to have quantum computers, we're going to have conscious computers, what I call post-quantum computers. Computers. Aren't you because Aren't once, you afraid of that? Well, I if Well, I don't know. I don't be afraid of it, but it's going to happen whether I'm afraid of it or not. We can't stop it from happening. Well,
2: you know, what is, what, what any is
5: more than we can stop is, nuclear power? Any okay, more but than. I mean, when you look at this thing, I mean, so so
1: you've got um, Steve Wozniak, who basically invented the floppy disk drive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. So you've got Steve Wozniak, Ray Kurzweil, Stephen Hawking, yeah. Elon Musk. That yeah. whole group. Uh, just having these
5: dire warnings. Yeah, and they have so- and and, and, right, right. However, however, I've, un- unfortunately, it's it's you know, it is dangerous. But every life is dangerous. Live dangerously, Nietzsche said. Right? We're not going to stop it. I mean, we you know, as soon as we discovered the nucleus. Nuclear weapons were inevitable because that's the advance of knowledge. The cat is out, the Pandora's box is open, and I guess I've opened it because I've solved the consciousness problem. I've solved, I know what, but that's what, you know, listen to my uh, uh, popular talk to the Savile Club about this, about, you know, what consciousness is. I've shown what, I've shown what, what. What the physical structure is that's responsible for consciousness? It's it's part of quantum theory. It's the Bohm theory, the Bohm version of quantum theory, with a, a extended to what I call the post quantum domain. I mean, basically, it's this: you have quantum wave functions. Okay, the, all the quantum weirds right. has to with this thing called the wave function. The wave function is a mental field. It's the fourth field, and this is, the, and this is the your idea. level.
2: It's your level two, right?
5: Uh, no it's le- in uh, no in Max and be level three level three if you' you're thinking Max Mark's diagram, if you gotta keep going.
2: it's, it's level of, three. One is is explicate. Two is
5: implicated. Well, okay, okay. Uh, well, no, no, that's okay. Uh, that, that's the Bohm. No, you're, th- oh, you're thinking of. I'm talking about. Early, there's there's two Bohm theories There's old Bohm and young Bohm. I'm talking about young Bohm. This okay. is 1952 when David Bohm was at Princeton University, right before he got, you know, he was uh, also involved with all these communists, you know, and the, the McCarthy committee and all that. But he worked with Einstein, okay? And, uh, and because of his connection with Einstein at Princeton in the early 50s, he developed this whole point of view, a new way of looking at the quantum theory that was more consistent with Einstein's view of things rather than Niels Bohr's view of things. Okay. And that's the uh, and in that theory, there are what are called pilot waves, like informational waves, they're mental waves. Even Bohm himself, even Niels Bohr, you know, from the very beginning, physicists knew about this, but they they didn't, you know, they, they were hesitant to really t- be too explicit about it. Sir so James Jeans, when Sir James Jeans said the universe is more more like a great thought than, re- than like a Newtonian mechanical machine, he was referring to the fact that these quantum waves, they're waves of information, waves of probability, and... They're really they're, they're thought waves. They're mental waves. They're intrinsically thought-like. It is the the, the it is the mental uh, dimension of uh, physical reality, you might say. And in addition to that, in addition to that, there's material structures. You know, classical material structures. You know, like rocks and atoms and things like that. Although the atoms are interspersed with these mental. I mean, an atom is really a mixture of the mental. F- thought field with the uh, with what are called the classical structures or the hidden variables. Bohm we'll called them the hidden variables. So, But here's the thing. What quantum mechanics, ordinary quantum mechanics uh, the thought acts on matter. Let's put this mind acts on matter but without any direct back reaction of matter back on mind. And, the, and because there's no direct back reaction you know, the, the, there's action without reaction which right away sounds like it can't be complete, can't be right. really right. But because of that, that's why there's quantum randomness. It's like a blindness. It's like running around you know, blind in a, in a room looking for something, but you can't see. So everything is kind counter- of the uncontrollable randomness is because there is action of thought, of the thought wave on the material without any back reaction. But as soon as there's back reaction of matter back on its p- mental pilot field, then you have a two-way relationship. You have what's called like a feedback control loop, and that introduces non-randomness into the equation, so to speak. And that's what that's the post-quantum theory. Now, here's the thing: what what Bohm discovered back uh, right before he died, soon before he died, back in the early ni- late 80s, early 90s, Bohm discovered the reason why you cannot use quantum entanglement to as a direct communication control channel. Is because there's no direct back reaction of the hidden variables back on their wave. It's uh, technically it says the Bohm quantum potential has no sources, and this is very peculiar. This is very strange. But because of that, it's because of that that uh, that you cannot uh, uh, control it. Now, here's here's the idea. What is consciousness? What is a conscious experience? You have this quantum wave. It's an intrinsically mental field. It acts on matter. It's like volition. like you know, it's like will, but it's like blind will, blind volition. There's no. It's not, in order for there to be consciousness, consciousness, the material structure has to react back on the mind field and it has to make an impression in the mind field, and that impression is our conscious experience. Okay. Now, the, okay. How close is
1: that to? Um, the uncertainty theory. If you think something this is overpowered,
5: out- no, no, no. The, the, this overpowers the uncertainty principle. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle is quantum randomness. That's because there is no direct back reaction. Okay. See, this 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 overpowers. This overrides the uncertainty principle. It introduces certainty as a certain partial measure of order, of non-randomness. Okay. And it's and it's you need that. That's what. It it is the okay. It is the imprinting of uh, uh, it's the imprinting of material information from the material world back onto the mental pilot field, which creates consciousness in the pilot in the in the pilot field or in the mental field. And how is um, that measured? How
1: is that what? How is that measured?
5: Well, measured. I mean, <laughs> you, you 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 how it's measured because of. That, that's your stream of consciousness. that's an indication of what I'm talking about. yeah, good, you know. okay. um, but uh, but here's the thing, okay, to try to answer that your last question a little more precisely. where now th- this is a very technical thing. There's mathematics, you know, it's a mathematical model. It's a precise thing. I'm sp- I'm speaking now with you know, popular language trying to convey what you really can only understand, you know, by, if you know if, if you see the mathematical model for it, and, um, but the thing is this, we can apply this to solids, to, in nanotechnology, we can create artificial nerve systems, or actually, or actually what are call microtubules, you have to read uh, this guy Stuart Hammerhoff, and uh, Roger Penrose, popular book, he described the microtubules, the microtubules are neuronal substructures in our nerve cells, and this is, where consciousness is. It has the, the, the quantum structure we need and the point is we can do this artificially with nanotechnology. We can make artificial brains that will be conscious. Okay? Because from the equations. Now, what has happened, uh, if you go if, uh, if you go on YouTube, if you go on my channel, Jack Safadi on YouTube, right. you'll see a popular lecture I gave only last year, uh, about a year ago, to the Savile Club, to a bunch of very high-ranking people at the Savile Club, including scientists, including top guys from the British military, from from their uh, GCHQ, from the British Naval Intelligence. You know, there are some very bright people there uh, who are members of the club, and including uh, the the vicar, including uh, uh, Cameron's, the prime minister's uh, vicar, the vicar of Kensington, um, who's a member of the club. And, uh, and, in fact, the vicar of Kensington speaks, uh, you know, asked me a question at the end of the video there, a very interesting question. So, um, but uh, so, so I kind of explained it there, but then, since that talk, I discovered a paper. There's a young physicist in Sydney, Australia, named Roderick Sutherland, who has basically formulated over, the, I didn't know this, it was quite independent of you know my talking, but he's formulated, exactly what I've been talking about for the last 20 years in precise mathematical form, and that you know once you have a mathematical model, then you can go out and, and do things in the laboratory. You see,
4: mm-hmm. I
5: mean, I had I had the intuitive ideas, but I didn't have the mathematical model to, to enough precision, and and now that's that's been done by this guy Roderick Sutherland, and uh, and now it's a whole new ballgame. Now we can actually, you know, with enough money. Uh, if it's uh, if some rich guy wants to do it, I mean they could Apple computer can do it, Microsoft can once they, they block it, you know, whoever whoever's smart enough to get on the bandwagon. And remember, my name in, in hippies who say physics is my name is mentioned there six hundred times or more than six hundred times now. I know according to Kid well, Okay. You, so the, the thing is, is so so the thing is we're saving physics again. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's not finished. The revolution we started in the 70s is only finishing now.
2: It wasn't it wasn't a sprint. It was a marathon. And you didn't now. Now we're coming to see. But weren't you also a member of the Avery? Or was that a myth?
5: Well, I I guess well no I don't think I don't know if it's a myth. Uh, no, no, I I think that's yeah. Well, that's that involves the CIA. That's all that story. Yes, I the basic answer to that is yes, yes. And then uh, then you know we could really get weird, but it's going to sound too crazy. I mean, uh, uh, but I'm yeah, just Bill suggesting what the I'm talking black, about. the
2: black. Yeah, budget. go
5: ahead
1: and sound crazy. This is yeah.
5: crazy. well, you know, I mean, you know, my my nineteenth, you know, my childhood, whatever was contact experience. Was with a conscious computer, right? Saying it's okay. going to teach me how to make it. It's it's going to teach me how to make it, right? It's like it's like that Star Trek thing, the Star Trek movie, which I happen to be in, by the way, in the, in the DVD. The Paramount has me uh, and Fred Wolf talking about
2: uh, which one? You know, which which
5: the one which where they go back in time to San Francisco?
2: Ah, uh, oh, with the, the okay. dolphins. That's the, the voyage Yeah, that's the and the guy. Yeah, the voyage home.
5: The voyage home. And yeah. the scientists there, they have to give that scientist trying to build the rocket with the warp drive, remember? Well, that's me, so to speak, you know, metaphorically. Right, right, that's, right. You know, but, but what's he called
2: the, do you remember what he's called in the movie? He's very famous. It, yeah. They named yeah, the, guy, the warp drive after him. The what? They, they named the warp drive after him.
5: Right. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. Well, what, yeah. He was played uh, by James Cromwell. Right, James he Cromwell played it, yes.
2: The, yeah. He was so important that the whole future kind of rested right, on his Right. Invention. right. Yes, exactly. Ziffren well, Cochran. Well, okay. Zeefran okay. Cochran. Yes. Okay. My,
0: Cochran. So, there we go. That's that's his name. Zephrem Cochran.
5: Yeah, Cochran. Yeah, Cochran. Cochran, whatever. But it, but but so to speak, I'm told in 1952 that it's a computer from the future. Okay, time traveling computer from the future on 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 a spacecraft that went through like a wormhole. Except we didn't know about wormholes back in 1952. But I'm told that I'm going in. They, yeah, they're going to teach me. You know, it's it's this time travel paradox where, you know, you get a, the guy gets a book from the future and then he writes the book. Who made the book? But that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, but, and it's happening now. It's coming to pass. You know, everything is it, it really it really.
2: Happen, s- yeah, it really sounds it's like, it. you know, it is it. You know,
5: I, I used to have my desk, but clearly it's it. It's what's happening.
2: We and have I to take it. a break.
1: We have it's to take cool a break. Cool. Okay, so it is call. it is the bottom of the hour. Thank you. It is okay. the bottom of the hour, and we are going to take a break right for about a minute and come back with our guest, Dr. Jack Sarfati, talking about consciousness. And I do want to ask Jack about a very basic question about math. So we are your co-hosts, Bill. Uh, that's me and Nancy <laughs> with our guest, Dr. Jack Sarfati, and all of our guests tonight, back after these messages from our sponsor.
4: George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban fella. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. On SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than... Adequate. 733374. That's 954-973-3374 or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having
0: the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow. Now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California
3: gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, Mysterious 19th century flying machines and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more.
1: And we are back. We are back talking with Dr. Jack Sarfati uh, about physics and consciousness and quantum theory and really the direction of conscious computing. But there's one question. It This came up early this week when I was reading this in the, in the Washington Post, and it actually frightened me. And given our conversation thus far tonight about the mathematics of consciousness, the question is this. There is a push among various um educational consultants um self-described experts saying that algebra is basically impacting psychologically impacting school children negatively and why would you hit kids with something that is too hard for them so let's drop algebra from school curricula Who, who,
5: who's saying this? Who's saying
1: this? Who? There is a group of educational consultants.
5: Try to find out their names.
1: I I will do that. They're not teachers. These are people who are saying they're in the educational mix. They're in, like, Department of Education places
5: like that. Okay, well, the first thing Trump is going to do if he becomes president is abolish the Department of Education and get rid of these assholes.
2: Yeah, these can, dangerous dangerous assholes without, who, can you do
5: that without congressional approval? Well, I don't know, but the point is, is these guys <laughs> the if i these guys whoever is saying that they should be put in Guantanamo with the with 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 the al qaeda because they're, they're even more that. dangerous. They're more dangerous than al qaeda and isis. They're more dangerous. Why they're would enemies you, of America. They're enemies of America. Cripple, why would you cripple
1: entire generations of of children, depriving them from language that helps define the universe. You
5: know right. They like the Taliban. They don't want people. They don't want girls to go to school. They just want. You know, they don't want real education because so they want Maybe it's they the to create-
2: Maybe it's just the opposite. You know that all children nowadays play very intricate, weird games. Okay, that um, that work different parts of their brain. Let's just say, and if they need an algebra. And not call, and it's not called algebra it's to you, play the game. They would, they would learn it in a flash. Well,
5: that's what they know. No, well, then you could learn it. But the point is this: without algebra, you can't do programming. You can't do computer stuff. You can't do anything. Yeah, right? but
2: there how can things, you come up with an algorithm if you don't understand algebra? Yeah,
5: you have to have, you have to have. That's basic, basic. Yeah, yeah but, yes. there,
2: but but built into games are challenges. And yeah, but I'm, you
5: can't design the games. Who's going to design the games once all the current programmers die? I mean, that's one of the problems. They can use it, but they can't do it. They can't create.
1: See, that's one of the problems of educational consultants. It's like they argue for
5: the moment. They don't argue. You know what? People go into education professionally. They're usually stupid. They're at the bottom of the barrel because they can't do anything else. Because it's a very
2: low. and, and, And guys, forget politics for the moment. Our cultural ideas are formed by somebody or something, or somehow, and our cultural ideas are what create a lot of these problems. So women and children are not considered as valuable um, as, say, stockbrokers and hedge funds. And so women and children, teachers of children, you know, will not get people who, uh, you know, the the beta males will stay home and with the children and teach the children. It's our culture doesn't, it doesn't, we don't cherish our young (sighs) And we yeah. don't cherish, for example, one thing that drives me crazy is the fact that most computers for kids nowadays are not something they can take apart. They don't even think about taking them apart. And yet, if they could take them apart and learn how to put them back together, uh, that was a learning curve that a certain generation of kids yeah. are actually at. actually
5: actually. Um, um, uh, if you go to the Exploratorium here in San Francisco, they do have kits for kids you know, building your own computer and stuff like right, that. So right, there are right. science toys where they can take them
2: apart. Right, and, and, and <coughs> you know, the very elite parents uh, realize this and, and try to yeah. give their kids that kind of education. But yeah. um, I think that the kids playing games always makes me think that we're preparing a whole generation of boys, for example, to be warriors, um, nothing more, that their brains well, uh, are just well, suited well, to that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, don't I mean, that's not enough, I think. I mean, we need we need warriors, and we need them. We don't have enough right now. <laughs> <You know>? and, <laughs> and that's because of Richard, yeah, because Richard we, Nixon. I what? mean, that's because of Richard Nixon. But, that, but you're you're crazy to think we need war. I mean, why don't we... No, we, I didn't bro- say we
5: need war. We need warriors to prevent war, to have to be a credible
2: deterrent. Yeah, right
5: but, now, yeah. You know, right now, I mean, most most kids today, you know, it's. I mean, they're like, you know, they're not getting educated, and they're not patriotic, and uh, I mean, they're pushovers for when when these al Qaeda's, when the, when these when these mujahideen come in, and you know, who's gonna who's gonna fight them?
2: But Jack, tell us what happened when the two gravitational fields, the black holes, the two big gravitational fields, <laughs> recently came together. Tell that for people who have no idea. That's I very think exciting.
5: super important. Very Hello? Yes. Yes. We should. Uh, well, listen. You know, there's so many good things about that on on the media uh, that uh, that I, I don't really want to talk about that because it's pretty standard stuff now, and uh, you know, it, it's a major development. The gravity waves when these two black holes collided. Uh, they created ripples in space that propagated out like waves, what are called gravity waves, and uh, they're at low frequencies, kind of like sound waves, and they actually you can actually hear it. You know, they trans they you know, they transduce into audio, and uh, you can hear it. But there's so many good articles and videos about this on the internet now. That, mm-hmm.
1: okay. Okay. Well, the exciting thing about it, of course, was that it proved as a fact einstein's theory right i mean
5: that yeah. well einstein's theory has already been proved uh in a, in a thousand different ways but this was his final you know final nail yeah this was the coup de grace yeah this is uh very important this was uh, you know missing yeah i mean everybody expected it and if it wouldn't have happened that, that would have been the problem but it did happen so One of the things kind of- that we- go ahead it's going to open up a whole new field of research, gravity wave research, and allow us to see, really, you know, at the moment of creation of the universe, very close to the beginning, much closer than we can get with light.
2: The gravitational waves. One of the gravitational waves. Yes. One of the, yeah. waves, yeah. yes. One of the uh, another kind of
1: article this week. Uh, this was in um, either in Haaretz or in the Jerusalem Post, but it was an interesting little article. <clears throat> it it was an. Actually, it was it was a, more of a video, and it was basically saying that the the um, mathematics involving creation itself, like the gravitational constant and the constant for the expanding universe, and 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 all these mathematical constants, that if any one of them – and I wanted your opinion on this. Oh yeah, this, any, yes, yes. Yeah. If any yeah. one of them were off. There would never have been creation.
5: Yes, and- yeah, this is a yeah. This is not new. This is a, already. A, it's called the anthropic principle, and it's been known really since the, the late 70s. And mm-hmm. uh, there, there's a lot. Uh, Martin Rees has a good book called "The Six Numbers." Just six numbers. Uh, there was a, a book by called the anthropic cosmological principle by Frank Tipler and uh, John Barrow. Yeah, this is this is well known, and it's an argument for design, basically.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, isn't it's, the Kabbalah also an argument for design? Yeah, but the Kabbalah isn't science.
5: I mean, it's not you know, it's it's metaphors, it's poetry, and it's you know, it resonates. I mean, I I, I worked. I actually met this Kabbalist in Paris, 1973, mm-hmm. Carlos Suarez, uh, and uh, there are certain certain things in it. But you know what? I mean, this it it it, it it's too vague. I mean, it, it it's interesting, but it's it's too vague. It it doesn't really help us where we are now. We've gone way beyond. The Kabbalah, you know, the modern oh, modern yeah. sciences, but,
2: but we, but is, the Kabbalah might be a lot like DNA in that we haven't grown beyond it. We just haven't really deciphered it. It seems well, uh, possible.
5: That's, well, Carl, okay. Well, Carlos Suarez said the Kabbalah was a was a cosmic code for us physicists, and that us physicists would be properly decode its meaning and that's what modern what modern physics and cosmology today is it's a decoding of the kabbalah if you could say mm-hmm. that that you could say yeah that's where mm-hmm. i was going with it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So this constant, I mean, so this has been around, since, so this theory has been around since the 70s, but...
5: Oh, yeah. It's not, nothing new. Nothing new. And it's a, but the question is, okay, there's a big now chism, there's a, there's a chasm, of, It's sort of like the Sunnis and the Shias among mm-hmm. the physicists and the cosmologists, because people like Lenny Susskind, who I worked with at Cornell, by the way, when we were both very young, Lenny Susskind has this cosmic landscape theory. Which he says, uh, you know, there's all there's a, a, a infant, almost an infinite number of universes, and we just happen to be in that particular universe in which the constants are such that we can be in the universe, and that's called the weak anthropic principle. Mm-hmm. Opposing that is the uh, the argument from design, which I'm sort of in that camp, in which uh, we say it's no accident. There's really only one universe, and it's a designer universe, so to speak. But it's the, the designer is coming from the future. See, it involves time travel. involves everything we were talking about earlier, where the, the, the conscious computer comes back to a wormhole and a flying saucer tells me the secret, how to make a conscious, how to make it. And I make it, you know, I mean, I don't make it myself, but I start the process, you know, a lot of people are going to make it, you know. Uh, but, I, you know, I, 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 I'm the essential link, the seed, so to speak, to make this thing, and it comes into being. So it's uh, so so the point is that if it we live in a design universe, but the designer is a super intelligent quantum computer like Valis, like PK Dix mm-hmm. Valis, you know, right? That that that's or uh, yeah, or the future. answer
2: you know, the answer is forty two.
5: And so how? You, you get there. how yeah.
2: yeah, that's the But but and so what's the question? But um, might it be possible that if you look at anything in nature and you look at it really closely and you take a microscope and you look closer you always see design so wouldn't it make sense that the designer is apparent from his creations from his designs or her
5: well the, the, you know this is an old argument of course and you know there's a lot of literature on this and it really depends on uh, ultimately on uh, one's uh, uh, emotional uh, judgment in the in the end but how, but nothing
2: but 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 nothing if you know enough is really chaotic you know you can find uh once you have a (laughs) you you can find things in chaos and and create you know vibrations you you've seen the musical uh vibrations that you know that they do over cornstarch and the cornstarch has enough uh, viscosity but basically what we're talking about is a certain kind of cohesion or um Cohesion, I guess, is the best word. There's something that happens, the way that people clump together in a forum, for example, uh, yeah. or on Twitter. Oh yeah,
5: there are general laws. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, a the lot laws. Things. yeah, yeah. It's mean, called uh, avalanche theory, catastrophe theory. There's yeah, there's all kinds of uh,
2: but but the patterns. Of, uh, The 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 w- when I was I, I was listening to a fellow named Lon Michael Duquette. And he's very much an almost like an English major talking about all this. And he yeah. describes the Kabbalah as something that the mystics want. They instead of going the Zen route, where you empty your mind or everything, and then you finally get yeah. to the big. This uh, uh, Kabbalah tried to do it the opposite, almost like taking an inventory of everything and organizing everything. And yeah. well, because it's, yeah. it's
5: a Jewish exactly. mind, it's the Jewish it. mind. Exactly, I love it. But the thing it, is this: look, well, all these ancient guys who kind of saw glimpses. They were doing what Russell Tog and Hal put off at SRI and the CIA experiments. They were doing precognitive remote viewing, okay, and they managed to get a glimpse of future developments. But they didn't have, you know, the language was not precise; it was primitive. You know, there were shepherds. You know, it was a sheep. You know, look at look at the Koran. You know, and, and even the Old Testament. And they were. That's the best they could do. I mean, they put it in poetry, and there are certain ideas which resonate. You know, what is it? It's like, it's like a compressed file. It's like sing- they were getting a signal, but there's a lot of noise. And right now, as, as, uh, as, you know, knowledge is evolving and technology is evolving, all these ancient insights are getting more and more precise. Like, Democritus knew there were atoms. I didn't know there were atoms.
2: I know. I always wondered yes. about that. Yeah. yeah because yeah. he had a precognition of the future.
5: It was, information came yeah, but, to him but, from the future. But Terence,
2: but Terence McKenna would would argue that in fact it's mushrooms, it's psychedelics, it's particularly mushrooms because they come in nature, and you know, and it's dreams. Scientists well, many well, times have dreams.
5: Yeah, now it could be certain chemicals, certain psychedelics, open up the chair, make it easier to receive the that message from the future. You know, right. that's possible. Uh-huh. That's a point.
2: Yeah, but that. But you're assuming the future is out there, and or are you yes. saying it's all? It's all one thing. It's actually not from the future. It's kind of from the same pancake. World. No,
5: no, no, no. I don't want to say that. That's no, no, no. no don't say that. That's wrong. Wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's wrong. It conflicts with what we know about relativity theory. It's called a block universe. Basically, it's a block universe. It's all there. but the the, the, the future is as real as the past. Right, and that. What do you mean by block? What do you mean by block
2: universe? No, the ironic part
1: about that is that that is exactly the Jewish mind. What what you just described—that all time is one, that there is no separation, that at the moment of the golden calf, all of us were there. At the moment of the exodus from Egypt, all of us were there. We were there in the future. We're there in the past. We're there in the present. That's what I took block universe to mean
5: yeah but also just, just hey wikipedia there's a big article on the block universe it's basically einstein's theory of relativity is based on the block universe picture okay it's a map you know there's space-time we're just like you know uh, like a bug crawling on 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 a surface and uh and one direction is time and at uh, right angles to it is space called space-time diagram but mm-hmm. it's what seems to it works i mean it's, you know the predictions of the theory really work. That's why we have gravity waves. Everything, you know, it's, it's all verified by actual experiments. And we have GPS, the GPS system for navigation wouldn't work if it wasn't a block universe. And it's all, Einstein's theory is based on a block universe. And
2: it allows for creativity?
5: Yes, it allows. For, there's no, con, see it's a, people get confused. There's no co- conflict with free will. Okay, if you believe that you made a decision in the past, which is a free will decision... Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there's no reason why you cannot make a free will decision in the future that actually propagates back in time to the to influence your present behavior. In other words, if you think your present behavior is determined by past causes, at least partially determined by past causes, the block universe picture, there's no reason to think that some f- free will decision you'll make in the future may not also act back in time to the present moment to partially determine your experience, to say your conscious experience. And in fact, this is the theory of quantum theory. This is what's called Yaka Aharonov, a uh, Israeli physicist, who actually, uh, Obama actually gave him the Medal of uh, Science, Medal of Freedom, or something like that, recently, because of this theory. Yaka Aharonov has shown how this actually is the case. This is how quantum theory works. You have, whatever's happening now, is happening both because of past causes and future causes. The past causes propagate their influence from past to present, and the future causes propagate their influence from a future decision to a to the present moment as I, well. I think
2: that I think that can be shown in practice. It occurred to me in a kind of a self-help moment that if I almost like switched train tracks and instead of being the person I am right now doing a habit I don't like you know, not writing, let's say having a writer's block. If I put myself on another track and became a successful writer, what would that successful writer have been doing at this moment in time uh, where I'm at this conflict, you know? And that successful writer would have chosen the the other track. And it's like you can jump tracks. You can make, it's almost like you can, if I can, but in practical terms, it does work. If you know what you want, you can change your next act to be the act of a person in a, on a different well, scale. So, okay,
5: okay, I yeah. and you're making sense, but I'm saying something different from that. I'm saying that something you decide to do in the future will, par, not completely, will, but will partially influence what you're going to do now.
2: Yeah, it might you're be a whisper. That, yeah, yeah.
5: Whatever, yes. And yeah. the thing is, they're actually seeing this experimentally. They say it's called brain pre Brain. Pre- if you if you look at uh, Roger Penrose's book from called The Emperor's New Mind, he discusses an experiment that this guy Ben Libet did at the University of California San Francisco, where he was you know brain de- you know, uh, doing brain surgery. He was able to show that a certain um, conscious response actually causes neural uh, EEG patterns to occur slightly before. There is consciousness of, of the Are stimulus. you talking
2: about the ERP uh, situation, event related potentials?
5: Uh, I don't know if they call it that. It's, it's, it's called pre spots. Uh, ben Libet did the experiments many years ago, and then Dean Radin uh, replicated them. And then hmm. the guy, Dick, Dick Bierman in Amsterdam, he was very skeptical. He said, no, this nonsense can't happen. So he came in trying to disprove them, but he got positive results as well. Well, is,
2: is this Most recently.
5: Most recently, there's a guy named Daryl Bem, a very prestigious Cornell psychology professor. and he has also confirmed. he he has a paper called Feeling the Future." Just got to do Daryl Bem Feeling the Future. right. And right. it's controversial all kinds of people, you know, it's controversial like UFOs, like UFOs. and Paul Smith
1: and uh, Paul H. Smith, who was one of Ingo Swann's original, yeah, uh, yeah,
5: all these guys yes,
1: reviewers, yes. I mean, his dissertation basically says much uh, the same thing you're saying right now.
5: Yeah, and also if you read Russell Targ, gives all kinds of evidence for for this sort of thing. But the point is they there were now pr- very precise, you know, standard science uh, statistics, reproducibility, all that kind of stuff that experimental psychologists do, which show this effect to be real. In other words, all right, here's what they did: they had the subject, and they have like four different kinds of images. So what is a sex image? You know, it's a violent image. Uh, there's uh-huh. maybe a, you know, a loving image. Okay, and these there's a these images are are selected by a random number generator, right? So you they never they know, and uh, so the images are flashed before the subject. The subject sees these images, and because you know, and there's an emotional response. Okay, but you could see in the EEG pattern, you know, they're, they're hooked right. up with a lot of right. sensors. Right. But the problem is, okay, so there are distinct, if you're having a, if you're reacting to a violent image, the brain, you know, the MRI pattern, whatever it is, it looks a certain way. If you're reacting to an erotic image, it looks a different way. There are distinct patterns that they can separate. The issue that what happens is, though, about half a second before the random pa- the random stimulus is shown to the subject, you get the the, the brain pattern. Get the the
2: reaction,
5: yeah. Yeah. You get the reaction. Yeah, you get the reaction before. So the rea- you you see the neural pattern. You see the neural image like a half second before the yes. uh, image yes. is presented to the subject. And this happens over and over and over again. It's done with you know amazing you know confidence levels. So it's a real effect.
2: Well, when they okay. start to test for this and they put electrodes on the site where they where they sense where where this is happening in the brain, it's the same site that when you get a chill up your spine and it goes right up the back of your head, that oh, chill you chill you get before something you know when you're just when you get yeah. a bad feeling or something yeah sure yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I mean that's exactly what you're describing yeah. and it just yeah. is it's making science out of hunches and precognition yeah and, yeah. yeah. Okay, so,
5: but now this is short term. This is only like a half second precognition. But, you know, there are, with Ingo Swan, with the experiments they did, the CIA and all that, you know, at SRI, you know, some people are able to do it a lot better than other people, (laughs) like Ingo. Well, well, like Paul Price. Price, Paul Price. Yeah, Yeah,
1: right. But would a foundational argument then be that at the moment of the Big Bang, not only did the universe come into being but all time came into being
5: at that well one well moment. okay no but that's not the way i would say it uh, what had the re- the big bang was designed from the future it was a future signal that ignited it's a what's called a loop in time look just go to wikipedia it's called the novikov novikov is a russian physicist in moscow n o I K O V. Igor Novikov. In fact, he worked with the group that discovered the gravity waves. Kip Thorne, all those Caltech people, and okay. Novikov. Novikov has done the main research. He's written a book called The River of Time. He explains all this that they called they call loops in time, globally self-consistent loops in time, and it's well, really like a circle in time. There's no you know, well, the future is creating the past. And actually, if you if you look at if you go into my YouTube channel. Uh, in the videos, you'll see there are some uh, nice quotes about, even poetic quotes about how how, Mm. it's called teleology, you know, know, or Aristotle's (laughs) final causes, future causes, purposes, you know, purpose, destiny. Destiny destiny is real. I will
1: absolutely look that up, and we are coming up on the end of the show.
2: Yeah, we are running out of time. Actually, Um, we're out of time. So, 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 Jack, let's let's let people find you. How's the best way?
5: Just Google by name. Wikipedia yeah. is a big order. Uh, there's a big. I'm in Wikipedia. They can follow me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, I have a web, stardrive.org. Uh, you know, I'm on Vimeo. I'm on YouTube. I'm everywhere.
1: Well, if they want, if they wanted to, okay, you're like lawnmower man.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I'm. To, I'm, a, I'm Big Brother. <laughs> 1984. <do you> ever, <laughs> he, he is, is, is Skynet.
0: He is Skynet. <laughs>
5: He is Skynet. I'm Skynet. Yes. I'm I'm oh. in fact I'm up it's transcendence. I'm uploading my consciousness. There you go. The That's, there you are. you That's actually it. are it's
2: transcendence. Yeah. Actually yeah. Are.
1: Yes. Okay, so uh we are gonna sign off. Uh and now. next okay.
2: Next week, guys, we have Ray Hernandez. I believe, let me just double check.
1: Uh. I know, Angel, but you're gonna. Uh, have to we're gonna, be a gonna kiss way. and make gonna a good up. Good yes, Ray Hernandez. We're gonna boy. kiss and make up. Oh boy! Okay, you're gonna run. kiss and make up on me. I don't year. know if I can we'll, promise that, I'll, but it'll be, it'll be an interesting show next week. Okay, so I want to thank our guest, Dr. Jack Sarfati. Okay. Thank you for joining us. We are your co-hosts, Bill, that's me and Nancy. Good
2: night, everybody. Burns. Good night and good. Good
1: luck. Good
5: night
2: hey, and good thank luck. You. Thank you.
1: Needs- thank you, sir. Good night and good luck. <laughs> and uh, we will see everybody next week with our guest Ray Hernandez. Join us on Future Theatre Live next week. Have a wonderful week. And from the banks of Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Solberry Village, Pennsylvania, on Future Theatre Live on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network. We are your co-host Bill and Nancy Burns saying see you next week. I'll get
4: through Now